Welcome to Shedding Light Hunting Stories Podcast, the podcast where everything's made up and the points don't matter. I'm your host, Travis. I might have messed that up. Oh well, episode 41. Hey guys, welcome to the show. Hope that you are having a fantastic day, and uh, wherever you are, that you're just enjoying life and enjoying the, the scenery around you here in Ohio. The leaves are changing, and it's just it's just starting to smell like the rut, <laughs> and it's exciting, exciting time to be out. Uh, today, though, I'm going to talk about uh, some people that have actually had success prior to the rut even getting here. Uh, three of my buddies have killed deer this year and um, two of them have killed bucks and I'm going to introduce those guys in a little bit. You've actually met them all before on the podcast and um, just want to talk about how they went about getting their deer and thought it'd be kind of interesting just to kind of hear more stories in one. And uh, I'll tell my story but you know I kind of want to just say at the, at the front end of this what's kind of neat I think about each and every story that we hear on a podcast is that they're all different. Um, and they're all some stories might sound similar. Yeah, he came out and he came in quick, and I pulled back and I drew and I was excited. You know, there's the same maybe components, but you just don't always know what's going on behind the scenes with a person when they're hunting. There's so many things that go into a hunt. How many hours did they spend? The challenges, what they faced emotionally, and so every story is different. Every person is different. And so I think that's what is beautiful about hunting stories is each person kind of brings their own flavor to it. And I'll give you a little dose of, uh, a, you know, my little mini sermon at the beginning today. I think what's cool whenever you read the Bible, especially about Jesus, uh, I just think Jesus is so cool. He doesn't look at people as projects. Um, the people he encounters, he sees their story. And he's actually has the ability sometimes to even really know what's going on. He he treats people, each person, like their story matters. And, um, you know, it's just incredible to me that he doesn't ever just kind of blow anybody off. If anybody's like trying to talk to him or seeking him, there's the story of Zacchaeus, who's like this cheating tax collector, um, climbs up in a tree to see Jesus because he was short. <laughs> and Jesus like totally notices him and says, hey, dude, I'm coming to your house today to eat, like, which is an honor. You know, there's a woman at a well. Nobody talked to women back in that society, especially not a Samaritan woman a Jew would never talk to. And Jesus sits down at a well with her and has a conversation and talks to her about her life and the fact she'd been married like six times or five, five times, I think it was. And so my, my point is, stories matter to Jesus, and, and your story matters to him. And, and I think that means for us, we need to care about other people. So uh, I always hope that as I'm doing these interviews with people, I'm not just trying to get another interview done. I really genuinely care, and I want to hear these stories that people are exciting about, uh, excited about. And um, so I just thought I'd throw that out at the beginning. I hope that whenever we, <laughs> it's tempting for me just to talk. And you guys know I can talk a lot. Um, but I think it's important for us to listen to and uh, just take that for what it's worth. And so we're going to get into uh, stories today from Travis Shire about his uh, buck that he got this year with a recurve. Going to hear from Bobby Andrews, who's been on the podcast before, a uh, relatively new uh, hunter, and he got it done, got a doe on public land. And also uh, Josh Castle, a good friend of ours and contributor for Shedding Light, uh, he also got a, a giant public land buck. And so you're going to hear all three of those stories. thought I'd update you on my story real quick. Um, 
last Monday, I went out to this property that I only hunt it kind of early season. Maybe I should hunt it during the rut. I've always seen bucks out there early season. Basically, it's a, an old dairy farm. I'm only able to hunt maybe 10 to 15 acres of wooded, uh, this little wooded square that butts up against a big property of, uh, of wood, woodland forest. I can't talk. Um, but there's a little bit of a kind of a grassy field that the deer come out and feed in. Uh, alpha alpha field and um, historically if I set up on the edge of the field uh, they come they stage up in the ravine uh, below me and I can't get a shot because they stay there till it's dark if I go down to the ravine and hunt there they typically pop up in the field someplace and I can't get a shot that's what happened Monday I observed two bucks stepping out uh, I couldn't tell how big they were they were sparring with each other and I could tell one of them seemed to be a shooter whenever I saw just the tips of his antlers and they were just they just stayed in the corner of this field and I didn't have a shot so Thursday I moved in I had my saddle was able to climb up in a tree that it would be really hard to get in with any other type of system definitely couldn't get a climber in it hang on you just would be exposed um, so uh, once again saddle hunting I just love that ability to be able to do that so I get in there 6:30 a buck shows up and he is a beautiful 10 point and um, he, uh, instead of kind of coming along the wood line like I thought he would, he pops out and he just goes straight across the field. Broad daylight, going straight across the field. And the problem is I've got to shoot him before he gets too far to my right because I've got a tree there with, you know, low-hanging, you know, limbs and leaves and everything, and I can't, you know, I'm going to lose him if he goes clear across there. Well, he's walking across there, just kind of seems like he had just came out of his bedding area. He's kind of, you know, scratching and he's shaking and all this. Of course, I'm shaking too. <laughs> and I turn on my camera, get my camera on him, turn on my GoPro, go up and over my bridge on my saddle with my uh, bow, and I range him at 45 yards just as he stops, and he stops right before he's going to take, if he takes two more steps, I have no more shot. And I don't think he's going to come my way after he goes. So for those reasons, I was kind of rushed. I pulled back. He does this weird shake thing, like a you know a dog shaking water off of him is what it looked like, and shakes. And I just flat rushed the shot. Um, just in that moment, I was panicked and didn't get settled in, and I punched it. And um, he was at 45, which I, I'm practicing. I, I've practiced that shot, but. Uh, honestly, I haven't practiced that shot recently. Uh, once I put my broadheads on, I don't practice as much as I should, and that's a lesson I took away. But anyway, I hit this deer high, super high, like maybe even above the spine high. Arrow sticks in him, don't get a pass through. He takes off running with my arrow in him. And uh, I see where he goes out. I get down. I go check blood, found blood. Uh, came back in the next morning, and I tracked him about 200 yards, and it was it was decent blood in places. I kind of thought maybe I did catch an artery here. It wasn't pouring, but it was definitely drops, and, you know, I thought maybe I could get lucky here. And at um, a certain point, I just lost the blood. And so I had a buddy with a tracking dog. He brings his dog out. The dog went to the exact same spot I lost blood, and he got confused. We think the deer maybe did a hard turn and kind of went back toward his bedding area. Um, but I searched, probably put at least four to six hours of searching in for that buck over those those couple days, and even some days after I went back out looking for buzzards and didn't find any, you know, um, so I, I think that buck is going to live from everything I could tell, just looking at the shot, and the blood wasn't great. So uh, I think he'll live to see another day. I, I have asked the neighboring property. He has trail cams up to see it, you know, let me know if he finds pictures of them. So uh, so move on, and we'll see see what the rest of the season brings. I'm excited to get back out and, and give it another go. So anyway, that's my story. I want to get on to my buddy's stories. I'm super pumped for them. They have had some success, 
And so we're going to start off with Josh. Uh, Josh Castle on October the 4th, really early. Uh, Josh was able to go in on some public ground um, back in, and he gets a real nice um, uh, buck, and I'm going to let him tell that story. So here's Josh Castle. Josh Castle, how's it going, man? Uh, going pretty good, Travis. How are you, man? Uh, doing pretty good. Just got in the office and uh, getting ready to get some work done, but I, I thought I'd give you a call real quick because I've been itching to hear this story. <laughs> cool. I just finished my cup of coffee this morning. Uh, good, man. So I, I saw the other day, uh, what, what day was it? You went out on some public land and found some success. Yep. It was uh, last Saturday evening. Okay. So tell us a story, man. What what went down? How uh, how'd you find the spot, and uh, what what happened there? Well, I guess uh, we'll start with this is a place I did a lot of scouting in over the winter last year, and I found a lot of sheds in there. Hey, the cool thing about this buck, Travis, I I might have his sheds. Oh, really? Yeah, I might. It's a uh, it's an eight point from last year, but there's a good chance it could be this buck sheds. But uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Anyhow, so I haven't and I, I hadn't hunted this spot yet. You know, I was saving it for a good cold front like we had on Saturday evening. It was perfect. So uh, this spot was unpressured by me, at least. How, how far back end it were you, Josh? Uh, probably off off the main road. Probably I don't know, three miles off the main road. How how far? Probably three miles off the main. Three road. miles. Okay, yeah. cool. All right. So how did you choose this spot? You so you found sheds there last year. You said was there any other sign? Uh, just the way the terrain laid, um, and and even also the way that the public land connected with some private land. Um you know, located around this area. But a lot of a lot of the reason I chose to pick this spot was because of the bedding in the evening, mainly the deer bed there at night. And also there was an abundance of white oak trees, and I've had a lot of success under acorn trees, so especially early season. Mm. And, and it seems like the deer coming out, out of the woods usually tend to pick up those acorns on their way out late in the evening to their nighttime feeding, which was a uh, alfalfa field. Okay, cool. So you find the spot, uh, get set up. Are you using a, a climber or a hang-on? Yeah, this was the first time I carried my climber out with me. I was having some issues with my hang-on the previous two hunts, so I decided to get my old climber back out and put it up in a tree. Okay, so how did it all go down? Oh, I snuck into here as quiet as I could. We hadn't had any rain, of course, for you know several days. The ground was really dry, and so I was just being slow and cautious, you know, trying not to push anything with my noisiness. And uh, I got set up into my tree stand, Everything was smooth, nothing, nothing, you know, out of the normal, I guess. No noises with uh, metal on metal. That's one one big thing why I don't like taking my climbers because a lot of times it makes so much noise. But uh, 
and so I was sitting in my tree stand there for probably you know, two hours on guessing. I, I heard a cough. So I actually got right up into where these deer were bedding. You know, only about sixty yards from their bed. Oh, wow. And they they had no clue I was there. About I don't know, twenty minutes after I heard the cough. And see, I could tell it was a mature animal. It sounded like, I don't know if, if you've ever heard a cow cough huh. or or a, a deer cough, but I could tell it had a deep, you know, large diaphragm. It just sounded deep. And so the first buck I saw was actually the two-and-a-half-year-old eight-point uh, come down out of the bedding. And then 30 yards up behind him was the pinpoint that I shot. What's, what's really, your thoughts? When I mean, I, I think I might have been shaking. Whenever I mean, this is a nice, super nice uh, ten point, especially on public hunting ground. So, what's, are you nervous as he's coming in? Or are you uh, cool as a cucumber? What's your thoughts when you see this buck? Yeah, I think uh, I'm pretty chill at the moment because the first buck I saw, I, I had already made up in my mind if this buck comes in range, I'm gonna let him walk because he's pretty young still. And the second deer, all I could see of it was the hind quarter. But I could see that the body was larger than the other deer. So, but when he came out from behind the trees and I could see his rack, I uh, I thought, man, that's a nice buck. But I I needed to wait till he got closer before I could actually tell, you know, what he was. I think I made up my mind that I was going to shoot him when he was about 30 yards out. Okay. And I could see how wide he was, and just I knew he was a mature buck, three and a half years old. And they don't see that age very often out there on public land, you know, it's hunted pretty right. heavily. Right. So how how far did you let it? How close did it get? Well, here's the here's the cool story, Travis. I had to draw back on this deer four times to keep it on the uh, viewfinder on the camera. Oh yeah, that's right. You're film you're filming this for us. Yeah, <laughs> for yourself and for yep. us. So. Yep. Yes. And here's the thing. I also had made up my mind on shooting this buck because it could not have played out any better. And I had it all on film. Yeah. So I ended up shooting it probably 17 yards by the time I was finally able to let the arrow go. Oh my goodness. I don't mm-hmm. think. I'll just be flat honest. <laughs> I don't know that I would have been able to do that. I think you, you know, even if I didn't get on camera, this buck is so big. So I'm, I'm glad that we've got the footage, and that will be uh, by the time people hear this, it's probably already out or will be out soon. So check Shuddy Mike stories out. So you shoot. He ended up being uh, what a big ten point, right? Yeah, he was, he was a big heavy ten point. Yeah, I mean his mass wasn't all that, but there's not much crop fields down there. Yeah. He's just a beautiful deer. Both of them were really. They're both really nice deer. Awesome. Well, congratulations, man. Excited. So, are you going to retire the rest of the season? Go on doe patrol? What's What's the plan now that oh, you've got man, this I'm early going... season season buck down? <laughs> I'm going on doe patrol. I'm going to take the recurve out for the rest of the season and see what I can do with it. Okay. How How's it feel to have the pressure off? You know, to shoot a buck. What was that like on What was it, October? Uh, what would have been fourth. the fifth or yeah yeah, yeah the fourth and fifth the fourth. Yeah. yeah so I've only shot one other buck very early in the season like this and he was a big eight point but uh, it's kind of it's refreshing knowing that I don't have to 
drive, you know, even when the temperatures are, you know, frigid. Mm -hmm. And I've already got it done. What I really like about having the the buck down early is I can spend more time in the tree stand with my family. Mm, That's awesome. That's good. All right, one more thing. Uh, So we're trying to do this as just in-season mini stories. Uh, Is there any in-season advice that you'd give the guys out there hunting just uh, based off of that hunt? What's your your one big takeaway that you'd pass on to guys hunting out there? Uh, Let me think here. So I would just say if you get discouraged, I mean, just just keep doing what you know to do. Keep keep trying your hardest and don't don't give give up. up. Yeah, if you fail, I mean, pick your stuff back up and and go at it again. All right. That's solid advice. Well, thanks, buddy, for your time, and uh, congrats on your buck. That's awesome. All right. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Uh, Have a good day. Bye, Travis. You too. All right. Now we're going to head down to North Carolina, where Bobby Andrews uh, has some public land success on October the 9th. All right. Bobby Andrews, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. How are you? Oh, doing great. It's deer season. You know, we're in the heart of it now. I do, I do. I've been hard at it too. Yeah, so um, I know that from talking with you, you've had uh, some success early season here. Um, but I've waited. I've wanted to call so many times over like the last week since it happened to kind of get details. And I know, I know that you shot a deer, but that's about as much as I know. So uh, tell us how everything went down, man. I did. I did. I shot a doe. Uh, I found a new a new public land not far from my house that I could hunt. And, and as you know, I've been putting a lot of time out there, probably 40 or 50 hours so far, uh, doing a lot of scouting, trying to learn this new area. And awesome. uh, it finally came together for me uh, last week. Uh, I got out there. I got off work a little bit early when I was able to get out there. And the weather had finally turned cold. It had been uh, upwards of 85 and 90, even 95 degrees. And I was I was sitting out there sweating trying to get all of it. Uh, <laughs> and uh, finally the weather had turned off and I got off work early just right to get out there. And uh, on my way out there was when I had, I had called you to get your opinion on, on some of the features out there that I had told you about. And, yeah, yeah, you're talking about, let's see, it was... Um... You're talking you had some trails, some heavily marked trails that you could hunt, or it came down, or uh, finding, like, feeding. I was like, uh, did you have acorns or something like that? Yeah, yeah, had acorns at one section, and then a lot of trails at another place. Okay. And I believe uh, so I told you to go to feeding. <laughs> you did. You did. I'm going to have to send you some jerky because you were the, you're the reason that I got it. Oh, um, man. I, it, was, it was a lucky it, guess. It was. Uh, well, it played out. Um, it was a much longer hike to the to where the feeding area was, but uh, I got down there and got set up probably about an hour and a half before dark, and the wind was the wind was blowing incredibly hard. Um, I think that I had texted you about. It. I finally figured out why they were called a saddle because I was I was riding that tree and it was bucking around. Oh yeah. Um, and so uh, she came out from the exact opposite area that I thought she was going to, um, and was walking down one of the one of the access roads there towards the feeding 
area when I was finally able to, to get my bow down and, and get an arrow into her. Um, but it was it was a bit of a bad shot. I don't know if it was if it was the wind or if I, maybe I'd caught a limb or something. But I ended up spining her. Okay. Um, and I felt I felt horrible about it. Uh, I didn't realize that when when you hit a deer in the spine with an arrow that it drops but it doesn't die immediately. So I had to I actually had to climb down out of the out of the tree stand. She was maybe about twenty feet from where I was I was in the stand or in the saddle. Um, she was she was about twenty feet from the base of the tree. I had to climb down and, and shoot her again to to finally put her out of her misery. Yeah. Uh, so I I didn't I didn't realize that that's what happened when you when you find one and kind of felt a little bad about it. It's not a yeah, it's, thing. yeah. It's one of those things. I uh, I think guys listening to the podcast. I've I, I've spined my first I think four deer with with a compound bow and crossbow actually too. I spined, uh, I think I spined four or five deer right off, like the first few that I I killed, and I, and part of it is the shot angle. I wasn't compensating for that arrow kicking up a little bit. Some of them were at steep angles. Um, some of them I just just didn't settle in. And man, it 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 it's a very, I don't know, it's kind of it is a, a not a very good feeling. The the good part about it, as opposed to say like a gut shot, is you're able to make a follow up shot pretty quickly. So it's not, you know, it's not prolonged. Usually, usually you can get down or even take a shot from the stand again. You know, there's, you know, you always want a heart shot or a lung shot. You, you that's what you prefer. But I, I would take a spine shot over a gut shot any day. You know, it, it ends a lot quicker that way. So that's that's one way you can look at it, I guess. Absolutely, uh, and and that's that's how I was looking at it. There wasn't a whole lot of tracking involved. You know, she was right there. Um, but it was it was a different it was a different thing than what what had played out you know you you play out the scenario in your head before the shot happens and then yeah. you you rewatch it like well I wish it had gone like that but it's not always the case yeah um, so this is so, this is deer number three for you right this is deer number three in total and deer number two with a bow and deer number one on public land oh man this so how does that feel public land deer. It felt fantastic because the last one, the the first one that I hit uh, with the bow was last year, and that one I had to put in the work uh, moving closer and closer because I had watched them for a couple of days, um, and I just had to get to where they were at. This one I had to put in the work previously and find where they were going before they got there. Um, and then had some good advice from you, of course. Can't I can't downplay that enough. Oh no, man! And here's here's my thinking. We can tell people this just so they're if you're trying to pick between spots, you were uh, trying to decide between a, a like a good marked trail where you'd seen some sign, or between this this feeding area where you'd seen a little bit of sign but not nearly as much. And for me, I, I guess my advice kind of came from experience. Um, man, deer use a ton of trails, so you never know which one they're going to be on. And so I think what I said was, you know, whenever you're trying to pick that spot. You're you're trying to just guess which you know which highway they're going to be on that night, but you know, I mean, if you got acorns falling, there's most likely going to be a deer there at some point, unless you just have you know a mass crop, and you know everywhere usually those acorns. And in fact, the, the doe I killed uh, was over an acorn tree, so you know over an oak tree that is. So you know the the feeding to me trumps the the travel route. Yeah, the the biggest thing that stuck with me, what you said was was deer tracks 
and trail camera pictures are in the past. They've yeah. already happened. Um, and that really stuck with me. Um, yeah. One of the one of the, the highlights of this trip was that I was about two-thirds of a mile from the parking area uh, where I was at. And so after I shot the doe, uh, I tried dragging her, and I had my bow and my backpack and all my gear and everything, and I dragged her for about 15 feet. And as I said, uh, I said this just isn't going to work for this long hike. Um, so I went back and forth, depending on, uh, trying to determine whether I was going to leave her and take my gear to the truck and then come back for her or leave my gear and take her and then come back to my gear. And I had recently seen a bear go through there, and I've, I've heard coyotes and seen coyote tracks out there. Uh, so I also ended up uh, my first time field dressing a deer. Um, I ended up dressing her out and putting her on my shoulders and hiking out two-thirds of a mile with her on my shoulders. Oh, um, the whole time thinking thinking the world of, of you guys from Shedding Light Outdoors that, that y'all had let me in the uh, in the training the preseason training outfit with y'all, um, just just getting in shape and, and all those weighted hikes that y'all had had me doing, I, I don't know that I could have carried that deer out of the woods otherwise. Yeah, that's that was what was cool about that night is I think, you know, we talked that day, you sent me the picture, and the next thing you know, I got a video, and it's a view, and you're basically kind of filming the path, and you say, this one's for Eric, and I'm like, why do you say this one's for Eric? And all of a sudden, you turn the camera around, and you got this deer, uh, like, slung over your neck. I was like, that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had my bow, my pack, my, my climbing sticks, my saddle, everything on my shoulders, uh, and, except for the phone that I was filming with. That was in my pocket, um, yeah. and I, I ended up carrying her out. Um, Kind of thinking the whole time, you know, I get to the next curve, I can take a break. Well, the next curve came up, and as well, as soon as I get to the next curve, I can take a break. And the next curve came up, I was like, all right, one more curve, and then I'll take a break. And I made the next curve, and I was at the bed of the truck. Oh, man. Just the determination to keep going got me through there. Um, it was it was a good time. It was a good hunt. All right. Well, congratulations, Bobby. I'm pu- I was pumped for you then. I'm still pumped for you now. And I know that you still got some more tags, and so maybe some more stories coming up here. I hope so. Yeah, I still got three more doe tags and two buck tags that I haven't filled any of. So, all right. Well, good luck the rest of the season, buddy. I'm sure we'll stay in touch. Of course. Thank you for having me on. You know, it's hard enough to kill a deer with a compound bow, let alone a long bow, which is what my buddy Travis Shire prefers to use. So, uh, he is going to tell the story about a buck stepping out for him on October the 17th. Hey, Trav. What's going on, buddy? Hey, Trav. Hey, just uh, working on editing a video, uh, the buck I shot a couple days ago. Yeah, so pretty exciting. Um, I was, uh, let's see, it was Thursday night, right? Yep, Thursday night, yeah. Let's let's put a date on it. That's October the 17th? 17th. Yep, October 17th, yep. Yeah, so for my, this is my vantage point. Um, I'll tell my side of the thing, and then I'll turn it over to you, because I I actually don't know all the details of what went down that night. So I'm up, I get up in my tree that I'm hunting, and you're hunting in, like, about an hour north of me. Yep. And uh, I get up in there, and, like, (laughs) I I got a message from you, but I was like, okay, well, he's, you know, I knew you were hunting, but it was kind of early. It was, like, 5 o'clock, 5.30, so I'm like getting set up, and I look at my phone, and all of a sudden, it's a video of you shooting a buck. <laughs> so, <laughs> and so I'm all pumped trying to call you, um, but you had apparently shot it early, and uh, I won't spoil anything, but you weren't as excited as what I thought you'd be because something had gone gone down. So I'll yeah. flop it back to you. So tell us what happened that night. 
All right, so I can tell you I'm set up on the edge of a bean field, and I've got some oak trees around me, and I I actually um, I kind of knew where the deer were bedding, and I had the right wind, which is exciting. And uh, so I'm I'm in the sitting in the tree about I don't know about four I get in the set up about four o'clock probably, and I'm like man why do I get in here so early It's going to be boring The deer aren't going to be moving until last light I got three hours to sit here So I was actually uh, texting my buddy Joey and uh, we were just uh, sending GIFs back and forth And I about I looked at my my watch on my phone and uh, sent Joey a text and it was four fifty And I look up and about two hundred yards away. Um, coming out of this bedding area into a bean field is a, is a, well, I thought it was a 10 point and ended up being a nine point. And I'm like, what in the world is he doing at four fifty in the afternoon? He's <laughs> got to be out of his mind. And, uh, so this dude come and and I, it was kind of windy. It was almost like he was, he was, he was too spooked to be in the woods. So he felt safer out in the open almost kind of what his body language told me. But anyway, so he's out in the open feeding in beans. And then I realized he's coming my way. He, he just, starts making a beeline for me and uh uh shoot so i i kept my video camera on get my gopro on and uh he comes in um 18 yards and starts feeding in front of me um and he, he's kind of to me the to the to the naked eye he looked broadside but when i look back he was actually quartering to me slightly and uh, i actually take my time i'm shooting a recurve and uh I took my time. I settled settled in where I needed to be. Um, had a good release, and my my first initial shot is I just smoked him through the heart, like boom, just absolutely drilled this deer. And um, so he kind of ran ran maybe 50 yards into the woods, and I could see him there. He was flicking his tail 100 miles an hour, so I could tell he was hurt. And he actually kind of looked wobbly, like he was tipping back and forth. And then he kind of just went out of sight. So I'm like, dude, this thing just tipped over right there. So I'm I'm pumped. I'm thinking I just I just got my buck, and uh, so I, I give him 30 minutes, and I get down, and there's hair. Oh, right hold there. on, hold on, hold oh, on, hold on. Yeah, yeah. Go uh, ahead. Uh, did you breathe heavy? I'm just curious. Dude, I breathed. Breathe. I breathed really heavy. Dude, I, 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 I did. You can hear me in the back. You can you can hear me in the background as I'm videoing him standing there in the woods going. <laughs> you can hear that. Yeah, dude. I breathe. I breathe heavy. And I tell you what, dude. I. I couldn't stop my leg from shaking because I, I probably saw this deer for 10 minutes before I actually shot yeah. him. And as he's coming across this field, I had to lock my knees to keep my leg from shaking because I couldn't stop my knee from shaking. Well, and, he's uh, fuck, dude. I mean, that's, they, yeah. that's, I mean, the biggest one I think you probably – one of the biggest you probably drawed back on with a recurve, I would think. Yeah, that, uh, well, I actually drew back on a bigger one, but didn't I missed him. But, uh, yes, the yeah. biggest one I've harvested, my third buck uh, with traditional gear, and it's the biggest one, so – but yeah, uh, dude, I was I was absolutely jacked, and, and the thing is, I I'm the kind of guy that gets jacked on a doe, so if it's got yeah. antlers, that's even better. So, but so what 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 happened on my end at this point is that I texted you and I was trying to call you, but I wasn't getting good service or something yeah. wasn't going on, and all of a sudden I get the dreaded text back that you you bumped them, and so yeah. so what happened there? Well, so I get down and I. I'm like, I was like, yeah, man, because in my mind, I'm like, dude, I just shot him right through the chest, you know, right. uh, not a big deal. So I get down and there's hair at this at this shot, um, and then I fall, I see decent blood. So I'm like, well, I'll just walk in here and see what happens. And I walk in the woods about five yards, six yards in the woods. I mean, not too far in, and I find my arrow, and it is just soaked in blood, covered in bright red blood. I'm like, this is great, this is great. And I look up about five yards in front of me. 
and I see blood smeared all over uh, a big log where he went over the log and it's just smeared all over the log. And I'm like, okay, well, this is good. So I walk up to that log and about that time I appear in front of me and then 60 yards in front of me, he's bedded down looking right at me. I'm like, are you kidding me? So anyway, so I got this deer staring at me, bedded down 60 yards away. And what what I did is probably, looking back, I would have changed a little bit of how I handled that. What I did, I I knew I had to back out, so I abruptly turned around and walked away. And doing this, I crunched the leaves. I made some quick motions to just get the heck out of there. And as I'm kind of walking out of the woods, I look over my shoulder, and I see that he's gotten up and is kind of trotting off. I'm like, oh, great. Should have given more time. So at, at this point, I'm questioning myself. I'm like, well, maybe I just sh- I just skimmed his brisk brisket, you know? Maybe maybe my shot's not as good as I thought. Uh, should I just kind of really bummed out because I just jumped this deer that I thought would be laying there dead. And uh, so I text you. I'm like, dude, I just <laughs> I was like, should have brought my compound, man. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> I'm like, this is ridiculous because I don't know. It was just frustrating. Uh, to put well, that you, you had a you had a shot at a doe earlier this year too. Yeah, I had a yeah, I had a I had a shot at a had a shot at a doe that I actually rushed that shot, and I, I know what I did wrong on that one, but this one it felt good, and uh, so anyway, so I, I I back out and I just I'm like sad, dude. I'm like just my nauseous and you know not not happy. I kind of just went home and laid on the couch and um, pouted about it. <laughs> so. <laughs> But anyway, so Josh, my buddy Josh comes over, and then and then you told me he's like, man, I think he's dead. I uh, it looks like he's dead, man. So I so I got some sleep that night, and then the next morning, Josh and I went back in to look for him, and uh, uh, we we didn't find a lot of blood. We we kind of there was a thicket he went into right by a pond, and we're, we're like, I'm thinking we're thinking he bedded up in there, and sure enough, he only went another 50 yards, and we walked right up on him the next morning. Um, he was dead there, 50 yards from where I bumped him. So, oh, dude, I, awesome. I actually just my I just so much weight was lifted off of me uh, when we found him. I actually standing there, Josh videos me. I just I dropped my bow and put my hands on my hip. Like it was pretty exhausting worrying about the hit. But anyway, on the autopsy, I I just missed his heart and I I cut one lung in half and took out his liver. And um, I think if I would have got both lungs or if that deer would have been slightly quartered away uh, versus quarter two, it would have been a different story. But, man, it's funny how that quarter two, quarter away stuff will mess with you sometimes on, on the entrance, like where it should actually be. But, yeah. so, yeah, that's kind of yeah. what it was. Oh, that's awesome, man. I mean, I was pumped for you to get that picture. Of course, you sent that picture to me just as I was about to start tracking my buck, and uh, I yeah. think by this point everybody's probably heard that story. Uh, so. <laughs> yeah, well, but, you'll, see, you'll, yeah. you'll tell it. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. But anyway, um, no, congratulations, man. I, I'm pumped for you, and I think you deserve it. You put a lot of time in with your recurve. And, and whenever you sent the shot to me, I'm like, that's definitely a dead deer. And it's, it's super hard. I mean, I haven't shot a ton of bucks, but I, I can tell you the one buck I shot, I mean, I thought I heard him crash. I probably gave that buck like it felt like a half hour, but it was probably 15 minutes. It is so hard whenever you think they're they're down to yeah. wait, you know. And, and it's probably something I need to get better at is waiting, but it's it's hard. It's so hard to do. <laughs> I know. And if I had someone with me, they might have forced me. You know, just maybe. If, and here's what I would have done differently. So I, I didn't tell you that part. So I abruptly turned and left. What I would have done 
different in the future. I would have actually, he wasn't getting up. He did not want to get up. Like he looked like he was just good laying there. I should have just knelt down behind that log because I had two, uh, two hours until dark. So I could have just watched him right there. And I think I probably would have watched him die right there. If I could have just knelt down instead of abruptly turning around like a goofball and getting the heck out of there. So, yeah. But anyway, so that's kind of some lessons learned, but a buck down. Yeah. So congratulations, yep, down. man. Hey, thanks, man. I appreciate it. So, and that is a wrap on the stories today. I hope that you enjoy those as much as what I did. Um, always cool to hear a story, especially cool to hear a story from your good friends. And excited for those guys. Uh, Josh actually just released his buck video uh, that is on Shedding Light Outdoors on our Facebook page. Also going to put it on YouTube later today. So either one of those spots, if you search for us, um, make sure that you hit subscribe, and you'll see the other videos. Next week, Travis Shire is releasing uh, Trad Journey Continues and. Um, He's going to document all the stuff that goes down, so you definitely don't want to miss that. So check those videos out. Uh, Hey, I hope that you are encouraged by this. Um, You know, sometimes you listen to success stories and like, man, why why hasn't it happened for me? But, hey, just keep hunting. I hope that you keep your head up. Have fun while you're out there. And remember to shed the light.